0: Hey, welcome to episode number 70 of More Than Bread. I'm Dan Nolden. I've been a pastor at Calvary Church in State College, PA, for 28 years. And, and this podcast flows from a conviction that we need more than bread for the soul of our life. We, we need to saturate in the scripture. The people of God need the spirit of God to breathe into our hearts and minds the word of God. So, in this series of more than Bread, we're making our way through the Gospel of Mark. Today, I'm going to read the first few verses of Mark chapter one, verses one through thirteen and And as I read, let me encourage you to think in terms of three paths through Scripture: listening, learning, and leaning. We listen for the voice of God. What are the places where something just steps sticks out to you it it kind of grabs your heart, you say that's for me." Listen for the voice of God. And we learn about Jesus. We, we learn about how he lived and his teaching. We, we learn about his life and, and, and then lean in. Ask yourself the question, what do I do with this? So let's read Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 13 in the New Living Translation. I hope you're starting to get used to these words. This will be, uh, I think, the third time that I've read this section. But here's what it says. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. In other words, my words, Jesus is all over the place, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. Isaiah wrote about him When in his story when he said, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. And remember my words, we've said, you know, forgiveness is amazing. It's so important to our, our walk, to our life, but, but the gospel goes even farther. John the Baptist baptized for the forgiveness of sins, but Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit to make us part of his family. This messenger was John the Baptist. He, he did this baptism for the repentance of sins. And it says in verse 5, all of Judea, including all of the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And, and when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he ro- wore a leather belt around his waist for food he ate, locusts and wild honey. John announced someone is coming. And who is that? <laughs> Jesus, are you the one that you say you are? Are you Are you the one? John thought so. He said, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. Verse 7, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart, and the Holy Spirit descending on him in, in essence baptizing Jesus like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, "You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy." The spirit then compelled Jesus, forced him to go into the wilderness where he was tempted, tested, tried, he battled my words against Satan for forty days. He was out among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. So John, or as some of you know, I'm John the Baptist, is is an important part of Jesus' good news. In fact, you might say that John is the beginning of the good news. He's a messenger. He's one who comes before. He prepares the way. And just because he comes first, it doesn't mean he thinks he's the best because he knows there is someone who comes after him, right? This is such an important principle. You, You don't do it alone. We're better together There are some who come before us and some who come after us and some who walk with us. Even Jesus had those who came before, like John the Baptist, and those who came after, like us, and those who walked with him, his disciples, his friends, his apprentices. Listen, this is what church is all about. The church is not a building. It's not an address. It's it's people. The church is God's people living together, loving together, leaving a mark together. When you look around you, you see the church. And if you come when no one is here, you you may still still see a building, but you won't see the church. You are the church, and ultimately, it's not about where we meet or when we meet. It's about it's about who. So, let me just ask you: Who are the people who came before you? Who Who has God used to prepare the way for you? Maybe they saw something in you. They were. They were willing to serve you. They gave you living proof of a loving God. They they encouraged you when you were ready to quit. They sponsored you. They opened a door for you, introduced you. They prayed for you or spoke into your life. Maybe you don't even know all the ones who came before you. But but some of you have an, an amazing heritage. There were people who came before you and their faith, their generosity, their sacrifice and perseverance and prayer, their prayer prepared you or prepared your path. Who are those people? Who are those people now? The, the ones who came before you and the ones who walk with you now. I mean, when I, I think about those people in my life, I am overwhelmed with gratitude. Let one or two of them come to mind right now. Think of one or two of those people that are walking with you right now. And in the next 48 hours, find a way to thank them. T- tell them what they mean to you. You know, one of the reasons why the people in our lives are so important is because their voice makes its way from our ears to our heart. You know what I mean? I mean, There are so many voices out there, right? The question is, who will you listen to? You listen to the people in your life who matter, the people who have a place in your heart. There are voices that some of you have listened to all your life, right? Sometimes those voices have caused you to make unhealthy choices, right? Some of them were harsh voices, mean, always critical. They caused you to feel like you would never measure up. They they brought a sense of shame to your life. You you could never measure up to those voices. They made you believe you had nothing to offer the world. No one will ever love you. You can't be fixed. You can't be loved, not even by God. He won't forgive you. Mark tells us that Jesus made a decision that he was going to listen to God. Do Do you realize that God, that That Jesus is one of those people who came before you and is walking with you, is making a way for you. You realize that that you can learn to recognize the voice of God in your life. In fact, Jesus at one point said, my sheep hear my voice. They recognize. We we can learn to recognize the voice of Jesus in our life. Time and time again throughout the story of his life, Jesus gave his ears to God. He, He paid attention to God. Have you decided to pay attention to god god speaks to us in in many ways dreams prayer circumstances other people but there is one living avenue of communication that that must form the foundation of our listening relationship with god it's the bible it's the word of god it's more than bread <laughs> to whom are you paying attention I mean, do we realize how much the answer to that question shapes our lives? You know what? I believe that we listen most intently to the people we want to be like, right? Influencers. (laughs) Some of us operate from the conviction that if we want If we want our best life now, we we need God to do something. So we spend so much time trying to get God to do something. But what if at this very moment, God is more interested in saying something? What if God is more interested in speaking something to you than doing something for you? Don't forget, the words of God are powerful. With a word, he created the world. And at some point in the New Testament, it says it's by faith. Faith comes from hearing the word. What if at this very moment God is more interested in saying something to you than in doing something for you? In Mark 1, 11 through 13, we get that voice from heaven speaking into Jesus' life. You're my son. I love you. You please me. And then immediately the Spirit drove him out into the wilderness. we got to come back to that one. I mean, the applause of heaven leading to the Spirit driving you into the wilderness. We'll save that for the next episode. But for now... I just want you to imagine the voice of God booming from heaven. I mean, can you imagine this? Jesus comes up out of the water, the heavens open, and God breaks his silence. This is my son. I love him. He pleases me. Heaven erupts with applause. I mean, can't you almost hear God cheering? We can visualize the all-powerful God always in control, the holy God who hates sin, the God who hears us, leads us, and even suffers with us but a God who fills stadiums with cheers, who applauds? Listen, this is the roar of a God who is for you, not against you. The applause of a father who is your greatest fan, a daddy who delights in his kids. And it wasn't just for Jesus. Listen to me. It's for you. I know what you're thinking. Well, that might be how God the Father talks to Jesus, the Son, but neither one of them talked to me like that. And if they did, neither one would say the words that were said to Jesus. I don't please him. He doesn't love me. Listen, God created your heart to love and be loved. But here's the problem. We we just don't know. (laughs) We just don't know how much we are loved. Okay, Just say that to yourself right now. I just don't know how much I'm loved. I, I know you don't believe it, but say it. I just don't know how much I'm loved. See, if you're a follower of Christ, you are loved by the Father like the Father loved Jesus. You're loved by Jesus like the Father loved Jesus. We we just don't know how much we're loved by God. People don't care about God because very few people really believe that God loves them. But I am so convinced that if we could experience the intensity and the reality of God's love, it would change our lives forever. And this is the gospel. He sent his son to receive our punishment. He sent Jesus because he loves us. If if God has a smartphone, your picture is on it. Your trophies are on his mantle. When when you play, no one cheers louder. And, and when you do something like Jesus would do, he gets this proud little smile, says, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my girl. Have you ever been loved like that? I, I mean, with a great intensity, a strong forever, maybe even reckless kind of love. When we're loved like that, It does something to us, you know, to to be loved like that gives you this kind of courageous self-confidence and and contentment. Uh, Let me me close with a story. When Scotty was going into high school, his mom and dad got divorced. And a couple of years later, Scotty's mom remarried a man, a good guy, a wise man named Robert. In fact, Scotty and his brothers called him Daddy Robert. Scotty said, "My, my brother Tommy was the strong one, the gifted student, the stellar athlete, I was the weaker brother, the skinny one with low self-esteem. But one day, all that changed. He said, Daddy Robert, my my stepfather was driving me to one of my football games when he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, you know, Scotty, you're really strong. What? The words took me by surprise, Scotty said. I I looked at him. He was a a virtual stranger to me. But but now for the first time, I saw us as as a combination of two. He and I, it scared me, but it thrilled me. You really are strong, Scotty, Daddy Roberts said. His hand felt huge on my shoulder. Something surged in my veins. He believed in me. (laughs) With my oversized helmet sitting atop my bird-like frame, I must have looked like a Tootsie Roll Pop on the football field. But given those few simple words, I was let loose with a fury. On the Lancaster Tigers in particular, there was a terror across the line of scrimmage that night. I could see it in the eyes of the Lancaster player who lined up in front of me. I had been anointed for battle, and for four quarters, my opponent felt the full force of my father's blessings smashing against his head and shoulders. I was a different man, Scotty said, all because my stepfather had spoken life into me. Listen, there are voices, some of them from your fathers, voices that some of you have listened to all your life. Some of them were bad voices, mean, always critical, made you feel like you had nothing to offer the world. No one will ever love you. You can't be fixed. You'll never succeed. You can't be forgiven. Some of you, on the other hand, you've had some great voices speaking into your life through the years. A father, mother, coach, or a boss, a friend. Words of affirmation and courage, words of love and wisdom. Those words have made a significant difference in your life. And sometime, listen to me, sometime you need to tell God and those people thank you. But whether the voices of the people in your life have been good or bad, whether you've chosen to listen to them or not, there is one voice above all other voices that we need to hear that you can hear. You can learn to recognize the voice of God. It's God's voice. Listen for God's voice deep in your heart. Nobody will be cheering for you tomorrow like he does. He delights in you. Let me read Mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 13 again and and pray for you. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. People gave their ears to John the Baptist, right? My words. He was a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. This messenger, this speaker, this voice was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. And all of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. When they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. He wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. And John announced, he spoke. This was his voice saying, someone is coming soon. Who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. And 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 you understand my words, John is saying, it's his voice. I, I'm speaking these words, I'm preparing the way, I'm a messenger, but it's his voice more than any other voice that you need to hear. One day, verse 9, John Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice from heaven saying, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. I I just want to stop there and just say, those are God's words for you today. If you're a follower of Christ, hear God say, You are my dearly loved daughter. You are my dearly loved son. And you bring me great joy. Would you pray with me? Father God, let us hear the voice of your spirit in our souls. Let us hear the words of Jesus in our hearts and our minds. Father God, would you let us hear those words that you spoke to Jesus? This is my son. This is my daughter. You fill me with joy. Father, I thank you that that, like Paul wrote in Ephesians one, we we, we read it a few days ago. We he, he wrote we we are covered in your love. You've adopted us into your family through the, the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and you did this because you wanted to. God, I, I pray that each and every person listening to my voice would would know that they would understand that they are the want to of God. They are not the half to of God. They are the want to of God. By your Spirit. Let us know. Draw us in. If there's anybody who has not made a decision to to follow you, would you uh, lead them by your spirit right now to just say the words, to say, I believe in you, Jesus. I want to be a part of your family. I want to give you my ears. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.